Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Halloween special three-part witch trial series of What the Forensics. My name is Rebecca, and I am joined here today by the lovely Journey and Nicole. For part one of our witch trial episodes, Nicole is going to be telling us all about the Pendleton witch trials. And I would love to just get right into it. So, Nicole, do you want to tell us what happened in these Pendle witch trials? I would love to. Um, so the way that we're going to do it, too, is mine was in 1612, and then we're kind of going to go chronologically. So if you want to hear the next few that happened and like kind of see and compare the differences in time periods and whatnot, um, be sure to give the next two um, episodes a listen. And to start, though, just to give a bit of context to the time period we're, we're working with right now and the monarch at the time. Um, King James I, he was the king of Scotland, England, and Ireland all at one point, from my understanding. I think he was king of Scotland first, and then he assumed the throne for England and Ireland in 1603, and then he reigned until his death in 1625. But King James I, he had a very deep interest in witchcraft prior to becoming a king, and he even went so far as to write a book called Demonology, and this basically was an instruction manual for readers to condemn and prosecute not only those who practice witchcraft, but also those who supported them. So it was saying that like, by performing witchcraft, you were committing treason not only against the king, but against the god himself, or against God himself, um, excuse me. So his beliefs and ideas were very much reflected with the common folk that he presided or reigned over basically enabling and fueling this unrest about witchcraft at the time. And so his his views soon were imposed on the law. And the story of the Pendle Witch Trials begins in March of 1612 with Alison Devis um, and a peddler from Halifax, England, um, named John Law. I had no idea there was a Halifax, England, but there we are. Um, so Allison was on her way to Trodden Forest, where she had crossed paths with John and his son Abraham. Allison had asked John for some pins, believed to have been required for a spell um, that her grandmother, like her grandmother, needed them for a spell. Um, to which he said no to. It's unknown if Allison was going to pay for these pins or if she was begging, as that's how they kind of got by back then. But either way, John didn't want to give them to her, and so as a result, Allison cursed under, like cursed him under her breath. Maybe not under her breath, actually, I don't know, but he was cursed. Before I get too into it, though, there are some family names I want to quickly cover. So at the time in the area, there were two rival families. There were the Demdikes and the Chaddixes, and... Um, both of those families had poverty-stricken widows as their, like, matriarch of their respective family. So there was Elizabeth Southers, I'm going to refer to her as um, Old Demdike, and Anne Whittle, and she I'll refer to her as Mother Chaddix. So Old Demdike was known, um, she was a known witch over the years, for over 50 years, and this wasn't entirely unusual in these villages in the 16th century, um, because witch didn't necessarily always mean evil for quite some time. And this could be used synonymous, synonymously with terms like healer or wise woman. And these healers would practice magic and use herbs and medicines, that kind of thing. 
At this time, too, their existence, along with their family's existence, was deeply dependent on, like, the cures that they offered the local villagers. Um, So this was how they made their money and survived on top of begging. And of note, um, Old Demdike and Mother Chaddix were both apparently in their 80s and blind um, at the time of these trials. So they've, they've seen some stuff in their life. But... Back to the story. So Allison has just cursed John Law for not giving her what she wanted. And not long after, while both were still on the path close by, John fell to the ground, paralyzed, and couldn't speak. So at this time, they didn't necessarily know what he had suffered from. And what is believed today by historians is that he had suffered from a stroke. John had just kind of dropped to the ground Um And the legal records noting his face being awry, eyes and face deformed, speech not well to be understood, his arms lay, especially the left side. So basically his left side had become paralyzed. He had a bit of like drooping of his face, which are all pretty decent stroke symptoms. Um, And initially no accusations had been made. However, Allison's own guilt and belief in her bewitching caused her to beg for forgiveness at his bedside. Um, And this was after he had been moved to a local inn. And she even uh, attempted to reverse the curse she thought she had placed on him. But John's son, Abraham, was outraged and he reported the incident to a very powerful local magistrate, Roger Noel. And when brought before Noel... Allison confessed to bewitching John Law, saying that she told the devil to lame John Law. And at the time, anti-Catholicism was at the forefront under under James I's rule. Um, And this meant, well, not meant, but um, lists actually ended up being written um, of those loyal to Catholicism and those who refused to attend church or take communion, which was considered a criminal fence um, at this point. So um, he was very adamant on that, for sure. (laughs) Um, Because witchcraft was associated with Catholicism at the time, Roger Knoll saw Allison's confession um, as as the start of a possible witch trial and execution that basically could have just made him an incredibly popular man in the eyes of the kings. um, Because he basically said, this is what the king wants, I'm going to accuse all of these people and then I'm going to look really good for him. So he was an ambitious, sorry, he was an ambitious Protestant who gained career success through identifying nonconformists and bringing them to justice. When Allison was um, questioned further, she threw her grandmother, uh, old Demdike under the bus and members of the Chaddix family of witchcraft. It's not entirely known why she accused her grandmother, um, but it is believed that the accusing of the Chaddix family members was an act of revenge, as their families had been um, feuding for very many years. When they were, like, questioning her, did they mention torture in any way? No, I didn't see any of that in any of my sources. Okay, because when the witnesses in my witch trial were questioned, they, like, very heavily tortured them to get them really? to say what they wanted to say. Yeah. From my understanding, these guys just, they just loved talking. And I think they wanted <laughs> to, like, 
be better known than the other family. So they just kind of like kept going back and forth and were talking and being like, they did it. No, I didn't. No, they did it. And all of that okay. stuff. Fun. They very well may have been, but I none of the sources that I um, read uh, talked about torture. Okay. Um, but I guess one of the Chaddix members had supposedly broken into the Demdike's home, um, which is known as the Malkin Tower, and stole goods worth um, like one pound. And this is approximately 100 pounds today. This is not the weight. This is the currency pound, I will say, <laughs> um, just for clarification. Um, so not like a lot, but I guess to them, that's like almost all that they have, I would assume. Like, they didn't have a lot. So, Allison accused Chaddix of murdering four or five men, and this is, sources vary on that number, um, and this included her own father, John Devis. So, John blamed his illness that ultimately led to his death on Mother Chaddix, and I guess Mother Chaddix had threatened to harm him and his family if they didn't pay up annually for their protection. So, I don't know if, like, Mother Chaddix had, like, a protective spell on that family that they were paying for. Um, that I'm a little confused with, but the Demdikes believe that Mother Chaddix was the cause of his death, essentially. Um, and so the deaths of four or five other villagers that happened in previous years before this trial, um, they were blamed on Mother Chaddix performing witchcraft. James Demdike now, Allison's brother, also confessed that Allison herself um, cursed a local child a while before bewitching um, John Law. So, like, their own family was just throwing each other the, under the bus on this. And now Elizabeth Demdike, this is Allison's mother, um, confessed that her mother, old Demdike, had a mark on her body, and this was a witch's mark. And this was an identifier included in King James's demonology book. Um, and I think it's just like a mole or a freckle, but they saw that as the witch's mark. Um, and Elizabeth Demdike explained that old Demdike's um, witch's mark was from the devil sucking her blood, ultimately leaving her mad. Yeah, That's a little wild. intense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, I'd say. Um. And so Anne Chaddix now, this is Mother Chaddix's daughter. She was apparently seen creating clay figures. And this was another identifier of witchcraft at the time. And then this led to her arrest. What so if she was just super passionate about pottery? Right? Nope. You're a witch at that point. Okay. Fair Because I guess like, I don't know if they saw it as like a means to curse people and use that as like an intermediary. But any human-like clay figure was, like, witchcraft. Interesting. I wonder if it's, like, um, in, like, I think it's Catholicism and Christianity where, like, you're not allowed to, like, there's the whole false idols. Like, what oh. if they thought those clays were, like, some of the idols that were possibly? To be? Yeah, I don't know. I also kind of worry if those have something to do with, like, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of, like, worry dolls. Oh, no. No. Um I had a little box of them growing up that like a family friend had given to me. Um, and again, I'm not sure if they're related to this at all, but it was just like a little tiny box with like a little kind of description on it. 
And inside was just like these little tiny figurines almost made with like what looked like toothpicks and like string. And it was called a worry doll. And basically that you were supposed to like, if there was something that was really stressing you out or something like that was just kind of really getting to you, it was said like you put that under your pillow. And then when you sleep through the night, it's supposed to kind of take away your worries. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if maybe they could stem from that. Because mm-hmm. the whole like pottery little figurine thing they think stemmed from witchcraft. Oh, okay. that's not a bad um, idea. Or what's what is it? Theory? Theory. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. Um, well, it also makes me think of like, I mean, completely different religion, but like voodoo dolls, just like a being and a doll representing someone and then creating that like connection to someone in the real life. Mm-hmm. That was my first thought too. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so these dolls were, these clay figures um, were created by Anne Chaddix, apparently, and so this led to her arrest. But after hearing evidence, um, some of the evidence at least, Allison and Redfern, um, so this was the daughter of Chaddix. Sorry, I think I previously I said Anne Chaddix, I meant Anne Redfern. Um, but Allison and Redfern, old Demdike and Mother Chaddix were detained and awaited trial. So this is like the two matriarchs of the families, a granddaughter and the daughter of Mother Chaddix. So right now we are at four that are awaiting trial. It increases from here. Um, so they appeared before Roger Knoll on April 2nd, 1612. When questioned further, Old Demdike and Mother Chaddix both confessed to selling their souls. I don't know why <laughs> they did, but they did. Um, so that happened. Anne, though, did refuse in partaking in witchcraft. However, her mom, um, Mother Chaddix, accused her of making these clay figures Um for which she used to practice witchcraft. So basically, basically she was like, I'm, you're coming down with me. So um, the next day on April 3rd, 1612, Old Demdike, Mother Chaddix, Devis, and Redfern are, quote, committed for trial for for witchcraft, sorry, end quote, at Lancaster Castle. Now, like, the story could have ended here if everyone just, like, did what they were supposed to do, but... No, because Allison's brother, James, um, he decided to hold a meeting at Malkin Tower. And this is where old Demdike lived. And I assume the rest of the Demdike family. Um, I will say sources vary, though, whether Elizabeth Devis held this meeting or if it was James. Regardless, this meeting was held um, at Malkin Tower. And just a fun little side note, um, Malkin Tower, I guess translates quite literally to something along the lines of like untidy tower or like shit tower <laughs> like it was just like not nice. a great name for it i assume or i guess that because that feels like um like an insult you're like oh yeah like you live in mall kind tower or like tower. shit tower yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, burn yeah literally 100 um but yeah, so there was this meeting at Malkin Tower. Um, this was held on Good Friday, 1612. And this was a day, though, when everyone should have been attending church by law, according to King James I. Um, so they weren't. They were not at church. 
and James Devis also decided to steal their neighbor's sheep for this meeting to eat and feast on. Um, this meeting would later be known as and referred to as the Witch's Sabbath. Um, and it was those sympathetic to the family that attended this meeting. So everyone that kind of like felt bad for old Demdike and um, Allison were like, mm, let's go pay our respects, I guess. But Roger Knoll found out about this, and this ultimately led to eight more people being brought in for questioning and tried for witchcraft as well. So basically everyone that was there, he was just like, you're all witches. I'm going to arrest you all. So they were accused of plotting to blow up Lancaster Castle, um, where the women were imprisoned, and plotting to kill a man using witchcraft. Don't know where they came up with that, but that's what they were first accused with. Um, And then later it kind of, they forgot about the blowing up Lancaster Castle thing and stuck with the witchcraft charges. So the eight that were accused were, and I will say the names are like all really similar. So it does not help at all to hear, but there's Elizabeth Devis, James Devis, Alice Nutter, Catherine Hewitt, John Bullcock, Jane Bullcock, Alice Gray, and Janet Preston. These were the eight accused. And interestingly, human bones and teeth were found um, in that meeting area or in the house. And these had been stolen from St. Mary's graveyard, in addition to more clay figures. And it said that Mother Chaddix had supposedly, like, she would go and desecrate these graves at um, St. Mary's and use the skulls and teeth for spells. Not sure what spells, but they were being used um, somehow. So the trials were held at Lancaster Castle or Lancaster Prison between um, August 17th and August 19th, 1612. Some sources say August 18th to 19th, um, but it's within that range, those three-day ranges. Now, um, Janet Preston, she was one of the eight accused. She was actually... She was actually tried separately in York. Um, She had apparently lived across the border in Yorkshire, and she was found guilty of witchcraft and was hanged on July 29th, 1612. So she was actually tried and hung before um, they actually had the the major trial in Lancashire. That seems odd. Like, that's the whole point of a trial. Mm Mm-hmm. For you all to, yeah, you'd all kind of hear the evidence and whatnot. But yeah. Nope, she she unfortunately was the first to go. Shoot. Yeah. And now um, Alice Nutter, who was also accused, she while she was still accused, she was kind of set apart from the rest of them um, due to her social standing. So she came from a fairly wealthy family, unlike the others wrapped up in this trial who were all pretty poor and peasant-like. Um, and I guess she owned her own land at the time. Um, her husband had passed away, so she was a widow um, with money and land. It's believed, though, that she was likely spotted near or at Malkin Tower um, on her way to a different meeting um, with a group of local Catholics. Because I guess the Nutter family were known to be loyal to the Catholic faith, But despite this, she was still tried alongside the others um, for witchcraft. I just have a question. I don't know if you said it already, but 
were was everyone else who was accused of being witches like the Demdikes and the Chaddixes, were they on the list of Catholics or were they not? That I don't know. Um okay. I I would assume they were because mm-hmm. if the matriarchs are like known witches, forget what the other term was that they used. Um but if they were known because witchcraft was associated with Catholicism, they probably just made that connection and did that anyways. Okay. Um, but it was – oh, a cunning woman. To be like a cunning woman, that was like also synonymous. So those two women were like considered cunning. Okay. I, w- I would think. Yeah. Long story I short, like- I don't have a direct answer for that. <laughs> Fair enough. I was just thinking that, like, it would make sense if they were witches and not on the Catholic list because I feel like not a lot of Catholics are witches. Yeah. But I think from – I mean, my history and religious history is not great. I think King James I was against Catholicism and he wanted a Protestant state. Oh, So I think that shift was happening and that's why he associated Catholicism with witchcraft um oh, that, okay i understand yeah. okay. that's how i interpreted it i mm. literally know nothing about the history of the <laughs> monarchs in any capacity that's just from the brief things that i've read um okay. but yeah so that's why like roger Knoll too he was very much a protestant and was like i'm gonna go get all of these catholics and bring them to king james and be a really fun guy and look good in his eyes like that's literally <laughs> all he did for his job it seemed like i'm sure he did other stuff but that's what it seemed that like. was the majority <laughs> okay cool i am on the same page now <laughs> okay perfect <laughs> um so yeah so i guess like i from my understanding the nutter family um were catholic i don't i i don't know the sources were not the clearest with that and since they weren't kind of the the main star of this trial it didn't go in depth into it um but unfortunately old demdike never made it to trial um they the there were 20 of them i think it was crammed into a very very small cell which was more like a dungeon just four walls no toilets know anything obviously in 1612 um but old demdike passed away in the dungeon that they were kept at in lancaster castle so this brought it down to what is it 11 now 10 of them now but as the trials began nine-year-old janet devis um granddaughter of old demdike she was the youngest of the kids she was a key witness, I will say in air quotes, witness in this trial, if that's what you want to call her. So her testimony was allowed under King James's system, which stated, quote, all normal rules of evidence could be spent suspended for witch trials, end quote. And this included testimony of a child, which was typically seen as unreliable. So children weren't, I mean, similar to today, like children aren't really allowed to testify or... um like permitted to testify and apparently um janet wasn't treated the best by her family and we'll never know for certain whether this is why she testified against all of her family members or um more likely historians think though it's because of pressures faced from the adults around her 
as using her as a witness. Um, it's believed that she was living under the protection of Roger Knoll at the time. And I think he was very much like feeding her lines and scripts to say um, during these trials. Because during the trial, um, she said, quote, My mother is a witch and that I know to be true. I have seen her spirit in the likeness of a brown dog, which she calls Ball. The dog did ask what she would have him do, and she answered that she would have him help her kill. End quote. Um, so Janet provided evidence against not only those that attended the meeting at Malkin Tower, and this included her mother, sister, and brother. Um, and when testifying against her mother, Elizabeth, apparently Elizabeth was cursing and screaming like crazy at her, um, leading her to actually be removed from the court. And some of the sources say that, like, Janet had actually, like, gotten on top of a tabletop and, like, read out her speech as if she was, like, reciting a play almost um, when testifying against her mom. But surprisingly, some of the individuals um, that were being tried as a witch genuinely did believe and were convinced of their guilt of practicing witchcraft. Others, though, did fight for their innocence. But Allison was one of those who believed in her witchcraft and was the only one who faced one of their victims in court. So that being John Law. Um, it's said and documented that as he walked into the courtroom, Allison had fell to her knees, confessed, and burst into tears. So that would be a pretty damning confession, I would say, at that point um, yeah, for practicing definitely. witchcraft. <laughs> like... Whenever I hear witch trials, I, like, I never think of witches actually being, like, persecuted. Like, I just always think mm -hmm. that it's just, like, women who are just a little bit quirky. But in this mm -hmm. case, I'm, like, fairly certain these women were, like, actual witches. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, like, actually Allison. practicing. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I would say, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, like, old Demdike and Mother Chaddix, yeah, they were witches. They, um, like, they even have the names of witches. Like, right? Mother Chaddix is, like, yeah. a witch that would haunt your nightmares. <laughs> right? Um, I, yeah, and I assume, I mean, if it runs in the family, I assume some of the younger ones were probably, like, learning or practicing. I can't imagine it all being, um, like, nefarious f for their use. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I genuinely think, like, this was, like, witchcraft not just a, a quirky female <laughs> yeah with 100%. a mental illness at the time <laughs> <laughs> literally um so yeah there was a total of 11 who made it to trial this is excluding old demdike who had passed away in jail and then the other janet janet preston um who had been hanged in previous months um then 10 were left at this trial in Lancashire or Lancaster Castle. And of the 11, though, only one was found not guilty. And this was Alice Gray. And I'm not entirely sure why or like what the circumstances were around it, but she was the only one that was found not guilty. And so the remaining nine were hanged on August 20th, 1612. Or sorry, I guess the remaining eight, if you're not including Janet Preston. And the really interesting thing about this all, though, is everything of this trial we have written record for. 
So Thomas Potts, he was a clerk of the court. He documented the entire thing and published it as a book called The Wonderful Discovery of Witches in the County of Lancaster. It is online. There is some versions online. Um, I will say it is written in old English. Like I could not read it because <laughs> like the L's were F's or the some other letters were like S's. Um, so you kind of need a dictionary to translate or read it. But it is um, – they do have snippets online and like archives of some sort. It does exist. It's super neat to take a look at it. I recommend taking a peek. I'll put it in our source list. Um, and it's over 300 pages long, which That's is shocking. That's so cool. Yeah. Right? I love that they, like, actually have, like, a written record of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the original, too. So it hasn't even been changed or anything. Yeah. Like, they add, they did a newer um, version of it, I guess, edition, and they added an introduction to it. But the introduction okay. is, like, 90 pages. So I don't know what it's introducing. Um, yeah. And I can't remember the year difference, like how long afterwards it came out. Okay. It would be really cool to find like a translation of it. So like from old English to new English, but then that could change some stories. I don't know. That's so cool. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I just find it absolutely crazy that old English is so different from new English that we technically need translations. Yeah. Right. You're like, well, it's, it's still English, but nope. Yeah, exactly. It's the same language. It's just really old. But I guess even like Shakespeare yeah. is difficult to read. Yeah, that's fair. It might have been more understandable in their time because it's more similar to their linguistic patterns. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a cool, cool thing that exists. It has all of those fun little medieval drawings um, throughout too, which I thought was neat. And surprisingly... Um, Witch trials were held in England for more than 300 years, but of those 300 years, less than 500 people were ever executed for practicing witchcraft, so I guess the acquittal rate was something like 75%. Like, if you were typically accused of witchcraft, you weren't often going to be killed or hanged for witchcraft, Um But this then means that the Pendle Witch Trials accounts for 2% of all English witch executions. Which it seems like... kind of wild. It's kind of a small number, but it's kind of a big number. (laughs) Yeah. It's... Because witch trials have been so, like... Even the Salem Witch Trials, like, they're Mm -hmm. so Mm well-known that I had assumed, like, hundreds of thousands of witches had been killed. But, like, the fact that they... Yeah. So crazy. Um, right? Yeah, I didn't I genuinely didn't realize how many more witch trials there were before Salem. Like Salem was almost one of the last ones. Yeah. 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 I think that, well, I mean, you'll explain more in, in episode three, but I feel like Salem was like the catalyst for being like, ooh, maybe we should like not do this. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. It's also fascinating though, and I know we're you still have more to tell, just slight tangent. It's also <laughs> just fascinating to see how like in your case there's actually individuals that like were actually practicing witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And then like in the Salem witch trials, we're getting so far away from that that it's like mass accusations. <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. hysteria of it all and just being like, oh that's that's scary a little bit. You're a witch, so let's throw you into the list of it all. 
the way we have this laid out is perfect because the Torshaker ones are just like kind of in the middle. Oh, perfect. Okay, yeah, so you'll see it. the evolution of it all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what Janet Devis did in 1612 um, really gave precedent to magistrates allowing children to testify in witch trials. And children as young as three actually had been used in some trials as a witness and provided testimony. In the years following the executions, though, not much is really known about what happened to Janet Devis um, up until March 24th, 1634. Um, So between 1612 and 1634, there's kind of a limbo space. We don't know where Janet Devis is. But come March 1634, a woman by the name of Janet Devis appears in reports. And she became one of 20 tried at Lancaster for the crime of witchcraft, accused of murdering Isabel Nutter, falling victim to the very precedent she set back in 1612. So the key witness of this trial was 10-year-old Edmund Robinson. He came home one day spewing like this wild, wild story about greyhounds, hares, witches, horses, all kind of being turned into other things. Um... So he came back, told his father this, and 20 people were imprisoned. They spent 15 months in Lancaster Castle, and many of them actually died in Lancaster Castle of what they called jail fever, which I think is just poor. Yeah, go ahead. Um, So is that how they get, they can say only 500 witches were killed because the rest just died before they could be killed? They didn't kill them. They didn't do the killing. They they died of natural causes. Ooh, how sneaky. <laughs> I mean, I would I would assume I don't have written proof to say yeah, that's what happened, but that's my that makes sense. guess on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um so Edmund would actually later admit to making all of his testimony up and fabricating his story, saying that his story was inspired by the earlier stories that he heard of the Devis family. Um, so basically he just used like Janet Devis's family history and created that to try to start a new witch trial, I guess. I don't think that's what he intended it to be, but that's was starting to happen. Um, And I guess Edmund's father had also been blackmailing the woman that were accused and they would get his son to accuse the woman if they wouldn't pay him for who knows what or for how much. But um, eventually and thankfully, I guess, Jenna and the other prisoners were acquitted once they found out that Edmund had been making everything up. Um, And with her... Yeah, so I guess like her own words year pri- years prior almost ended up being the death of her, um, which I find kind of ironic. Sucks, but kind of also very ironic. And although acquitted, though, the Lancaster inmates had to pay for their board and stay until their debts were cleared. Um, so basically, like, I could throw you in jail. You could be acquitted, but I'd be like... You actually were here for this amount of days, so you have to pay us back um, in probably service to be free. So many of them stayed imprisoned. And it's believed that Janet Devis likely spent her final days withering away like old Demdike did, dying in Lancaster Castle. So there's no official record of her death. However, there is a record from August 22nd, 1936, or not 1936, 1636, 
um, that she was still at Lancaster Castle. So this would have been um, two years after that trial. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like the all of Pendle trials. Um, Twelve women ended up falling victim to this. I'm not sure how many out of the 12 were act, like actively practicing witchcraft. Um, but some fun little side notes and little facts. Um, St. Mary's Church. I just thought it was interesting that there was a Halifax, England and a St. Mary's Church um, since we went to St. Mary's University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, but there is a tombstone in Pendle known as the Witch's Grave and the Eye of God at this church that still stands. Um, Lancaster itself wasn't granted city status until 1930 um, or in the 1930s. And shockingly, Lancaster Castle, where these women, these witches were held, was still being used as a prison until 2011. <laughs> That's like not that yeah. long ago. No, it's like barbaric of modern day. Yeah, like Alcatraz was open for only like a hundred years and they deemed it like not suitable for humans. But they're yeah. still using a castle from like 1612. Yeah. At that yeah. point, it had been open for 400 years. Mm-hmm. And many, many people perished in those, those, that place. I can How imagine they probably still building. didn't even have like heating or <laughs> food. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, um, like, how haunted is that building? Um, well, it's been given the name, um, well, the town it's in has been given the name The Hanging Town. So I assume quite haunted, I will say. Yeah. I'm, we gotta send um, BuzzFeed Unsolved, or whoever those two guys are. Watch her now. It's Shane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we gotta send Shane them there. Gotta send Ryan and Shane down to yeah. uh, the, the jail in Lancaster. <laughs> uh, so first... There was London. They hanged the most people. Next to that was Lancaster. So that's how they got the term, the nickname of the Hanging Town. Um, so a lot, a lot uh, went on there, and they surprisingly had a few, a few witch trials. A lot of witches, unfortunately, quite a few that perished. Um, but those are the Pendle Witch Trials of sixteen twelve. Well, that is fascinating. <laughs> Honestly, all of like your case study on the Pendle Witch Trials and Journey, the one that you're going to tell us next episode, I genuinely like only really knew about the Salem Witch Trials. So this is so fascinating and I'm so excited to learn about them. I can't believe they actually started with prosecuting like real witches who actually practice witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and I just found out the um, updated version or like the newer edition was 1845. So it's still quite old of a, bo of a book. Yeah, probably a <laughs> little more easy to understand. They probably translated the old English, hopefully. But no. it's still like middle English. Oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> no, because that's the one that I saw where like I read you can go like through. I just sent the link in the group and I'll put it in the um, sources. But yeah and like every is spelled e-u-e-r-y um upon v-p-o-n it's yeah you can get the gist but it's very old that is so strange that's so fascinating nicole 
thank you so much about telling us about the very fascinating witch trials um, of the the Pendle witch trials in 1612. Um, that's just super fascinating. I love history. I love when we do historic episodes. Um, to make sure you guys see um, our other two episodes that we're uploading, make sure to check out our Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at What the Forensics. We'll be posting updates about the episodes. Um, and then you could also check us out on Twitter at WTForensicsPC or our website at WhatTheForensics.ca where you're going to find all of our sources and also source images that we may talk about throughout the episode. And then finally, if you want to reach out and kind of give us some suggestions, you have comments or concerns about our episodes, just feel free to reach out at WhatTheForensics at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Finally, if you guys want to give us a review, if you're enjoying the podcast, um, we really love to read them. We love to get the feedback, and it also helps us out. So this has been the first episode in a three-part series. Definitely make sure to check out the next two because we are not finished with them. This has been another little episode of What the Forensics, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. <laughs> just a reminder to everyone that we are not professionals in the forensic science field. We are just interested in forensics and want to share what we are learning with our listeners. We're trying to give you the most accurate information, but we are human and can make mistakes. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you next week. Mm -hmm.